Hello and welcome to the Archibald Podcast. Today I'm with Jack Bibb, Callum Owen, Kane Smith and Tom Kalis. And we're going to go over recent events in the football world and what's going to happen next week. So let's get start off with the last week's fixtures. Kane lead us into it. Well, I think uh, the uh, main fixture last week we've got to talk about, Callum, is uh, Liverpool versus Man City. Um, yeah, what happens there, Cal, uh, with Alisson? I, I just guys, <laughs> mistakes, wasn't it? I, there's, there's, there's any other way to put it. He just, he's been solid. He's been, he's injury prone. There's one thing to say about him, but he's been solid whenever called upon. And it was the first mistake was almost like since it happened, you saw it and thought it's bad. But he doesn't make many of them. There's no chance it can happen again. Yeah, that's what and I think was surprising. Again. I think it was surprising that like the first mistake came and then. It just seemed like they, like they were giving him the ball back, and you could just tell when when it happened the second time that it was he was going to mess it up again. Not normally when think, that happens, to I him. think he was on, almost given the ball, back. almost given the ball to regain his confidence. He he made the mistake again, and we got away with it. That video of Jamie Carragher that's going around everywhere now is <laughs> is us narrowly surviving that. And then the third time he gave it away, and it was just game over. And if I'm honest, the game was over before. I think. I think as soon as he'd made the first mistake, I think it would have been a case of probably trying to hold on for the one-one draw, which I'd have taken going into it since yeah. the form we've been in. But yeah, definitely. We just crumbled. Yeah, Tom. What did you think of the match? Yeah, obviously, I thought first half we were we were, we were okay. We weren't as good as we'd been. We were, we were pretty like dead going forwards. But then obviously at half time he changed it and went into the four-four-two, and we just. Uh, rip them apart, you could say. But then, two of their two of our goals obviously were the Allison errors, but we capitalised them on them. Especially Ford capitalised on them really well. So yeah. I thought I thought yeah. we performed. I thought we performed well, but I think a four-one flattered it, flattered us a bit. I think um, one player that surprised me at Man, well, not surprised me at Man City, but like when you weren't playing your best form, I was all, I was kind of thinking like Gundogan, like. He just he he seemed a bit bland. He didn't do much, but now obviously he's yeah. arriving in the box and he's seen, you know, scoring goals and doing yeah. a lot of other stuff. He seems like he's like actually one of your best players now at the moment. Yeah, to be fair, I've uh, I, I've liked him for a while until I said two three. <laughs> you don't like any City players. <laughs> nah, he's just side, he was just sideways, backwards, sideways, backwards for the longest time, and then. Ever since Guardiola started doing this thing where he puts the right back or the left back in the midfield with Rodgers, yeah. he's given freedom to go up. And obviously, when he's went yeah. gone up the pitch, he's shown, shown what he can do. So, fair. Yeah. Well, a bit like Stones as well. Obviously, he's rejuvenalised himself this season as well. So, fair, fair play to them both. I noticed, I noticed that. Cancelo's been playing like almost like holding midfielder, isn't he? When you're building up, he's, he's stepped yeah. inside and he's almost plays that and obviously then it allows more people to get forward so yeah it's interesting I think Arteta's copied that with Bellerin as well Arsenal now he's coming into midfield a lot more a little bit yeah definitely yeah I just think Cancelo's that good on the ball I don't think he's, he's a bit wasted out at right back I think maybe obviously Liverpool do play with the full backs wide and they're the main creative like sources of play but maybe Klopp could try it with Trent or something I don't know because obviously how good he is on the ball mm. I think Trent would be very very good in that position as well yeah, I do think yeah. that's a natural move for Trent to at some point yeah. be moving in to the uh, to the centre, but not the obviously centre of defence 
yeah. sort of as a holding midfielder, setting up the attacks, which he's shown he can do. Yeah. Deep and he's isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, obviously yeah, he's, he's, that. defensively oh, he's, he's not the best either. So like he's got someone to cover him in there as well. Yeah. So mm. you could par him in a, like a four-two-three-one next to Fabinho. Yeah, he'd love to see that. I think we also have to mention uh, Phil Foden's performance really because that's what, that's the highlight of the match really. Yeah, yeah, uh, he was excellent. Uh, commentators were saying that it was the game where like people went from going this kid's this kid could be good to. Like yeah. big shouts, big yeah, shouts of being he's like got to start every game, isn't he? Well, that I I think I I heard it on another podcast. I completely thought, forgot where it was, but um, it was um, so someone basically said that um, uh, Mares got brought off um before Foden didn't he? And obviously Foden played the whole game. And it's like because I think Greenwood's going through that phase where like if he's playing a game and he's playing like decent average, he'll still get brought off before Martial or Greenwood most of the time. Whereas Foden's took that step where like a player in his prime almost, or like an older player in Riyad Mahrez gets brought off before Foden, which shows like his importance in the game. But like, it's a game, it's a game against Liverpool. Yeah. It's a game against Liverpool, probably one of the biggest games again of the season. And he's keeping Phil Foden on for the entire match and taking other players off. Obviously it it paid off. Yeah. It just goes to show the trust Guardiola has him to take off a PFA player of the year. Keep keep on a 20 year old over him. It just goes to show the trust. Yeah. Repay the trust. It was, it was almost like a coming out game for Foden. Everyone knew he was quality and everyone's, I know we're all big fans of him, but everyone's been saying it for a while. Guardiola infamously almost said he's the best player I've ever worked with. And I wonder yeah. whether that's true or not. I do think this was the game that made people, everyone sit up and go, he really is that good. Yeah. He's gone yeah. from, he's gone I, from I almost Pep... the next gen that everyone's liked to the like the player for now that everyone has to sit up and go, he could be a big player in the Prem for the next 10 years. Yeah. I think Pep. Um, I think um, well because I'll he, go on. He, he, Pep, I remember like obviously a few months ago. Foden's only fairly young, but like when, when he was first coming through, everyone was sort of saying like, why doesn't he play more? And Pep was being quite like reserved with him, and he wouldn't. He wasn't playing him like every game, and everyone was sort of saying, "Oh, why don't you play him every game?" But I think he's done it quite well because he's now he's not been rushed in too quick, has he? So like he's he's comfortable in what he's doing. I think which is which is good by Pep. He's done that well. Yeah. He's really. One thing that I'm thinking though is um he's played most of the time for City on the wings, isn't he? Like off of yeah, the so left or the right. Yeah, yeah. So if he's if he's playing for England, a lot of people are saying he's going to play in the ten role. But I'm I wonder if he'll uh, not play in that ten role. If I could, uh, see, him, I could see him on the right wing, to be fair. There's just, yeah. just so much of England going forward, isn't there? Like so much, Grealish, Sancho, Sterling, Rashford, him, Madison, Mount. There's loads. Saka, even so, like, it's hard. There's going to be good players to miss out on the squad, definitely. 110%. 110%. I, I've seen it somewhere. Someone said, Oh, someone's going to complain, whatever the squad is, because someone, oh, yeah, definitely. Someone, someone will miss out. You got well, you think a good thing, though, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but we've got. We've got three number tens who could probably who could start four number tens who could start Mount uh, Madison Grealish and um, Foden. All four of them are good enough to start for England, really. They can all yeah. play on the wing yeah. as well, to be fair. Yeah, 
weirdly enough, I don't think any of them will start. I think. I think that. I I I don't know if this is the starting lineup that I'd necessarily go with, but in terms of the attacking positions, it will be obviously Kane if it should and will lead the line. But I wouldn't be surprised to see Rashford, Sterling, and Sancho as the main three. Not not to knock four ten. No, yeah, yeah. Quality, but I just think I think Southgate know knows what he likes, and I think he definitely has his favourites. It's it's a big. The tournament, I think it's not. There'll be less well, we d- for experimenting. And as well, yeah, the players t- are. He'll, he'll probably stick to the established. What, yeah, what definitely he worked before, but he's definitely good enough to work. He will be yeah, playing yeah. a high back, won't he? We, we, yeah, we haven't even been playing with a number ten, which is weird because yeah. we've got such talented number tens now. But yeah, we'll have, we'll have to see what they do in the warm-up games in March. We've got those warm-up games in March, haven't we? I think we'll, uh, we'll That'll see be our team, yeah. Because like, normally that's a, good, that's a good sort of like show of what he's going to set up with. So hopefully we'll see it there. We're very top-heavy in that England team as well, which is a bit annoying. I'd rather play of us. I, if, yeah. uh, honestly, I'd rather see us go all out instead of being reserved and just that sort of thing. But, well, yeah. I think everyone would. Yeah. It depends on the opposition, yeah. I suppose. In the less opposition, I, I want to see us have a fallback. But if we're planning to get someone up front, so I can understand a more reserved approach. Do you think yeah, the yeah. warm-up games to show we can play a fallback though, and I think it'd be certain, definitely interesting to see us as a fallback. I'm thinking as personal, but a four-two-three-one, just with the tens we've got, we can play. Yeah. We have the option to play three tens across that three, or we can ten and two wingers. I, I think a thing about national football. I think about. A thing about playing in the national team as well, you want to make players to be able to replicate their form, which they're doing for their club, for their country. I feel like there's barely, like, is there any team which plays a free back uh, in the Prem? Like, Chelsea have been trying it, yeah. But, like, occasionally, but but Dyer's not playing. Dyer plays. You want all your players to be, like, so, like, it's a free back's a hard, harder. I, I'm sorry, uh, I'd say a 4 2 3 1 is the easiest easiest formation for most of the players in the Prem to yeah. be accustomed to, and you'll probably get the best out of most of the players. A free back against the good teams, yeah, I, I reckon, but it's ridiculous trying to play against the likes of what the did we play? Is, against, Scotland, against Scotland, didn't it? Yeah, we played a free back. But the problem is, right, we've got Kane up front, and he's been playing as literally as a false nine. That basically adds like another cam. So it's going to be a bit odd for him to go back to his I old think that's what Grealish is good, though. Grealish yeah. plays off the left, doesn't he? But then he sort of like floats floats around. I think yeah. Foden's quite good at that as well. So they can sort of interchange between the two. And Kane can obviously drop deep. And then obviously then Rashford, Sterling, Sancho getting behind Kane when he, when he pulls a man in deep. So but I, I think if he, gets, if he gets it right, I think we've got a really good shot at winning the lot. But like it's whether he gets it right. So Rashford is definitely probably the most accustomed to playing that Son role. Hundred percent out of the lot. Yeah, yeah. That's what I think. I think. I think there there is a lot of like talented players, but he, Rashford, Rashford, Kane, and uh, Sterling are like they've played well together previously, and they are the free like the free players which you can definitely rely on most of the time. I'd say out of like Sancho, he showed like he's played well for Dortmund, and everyone knows how good of a He's froze. He's frozen, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, 
Sterling over Sancho on the wing. Yeah. And obviously Rashford suits to play with Harry Kane, I reckon. That's Kane, my opinion. Kane, you, fro- you, fro- you froze, mate. Just say it, just say it again. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Sorry, we can, we can cut it. We can cut it. Oh, uh, yeah. But... Well, basically, I said um, that I think... Can you hear me now? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I Basically, I said how uh, I think uh, Sancho is a good player, played in the Bundesliga, obviously doing quality there three seasons in a row, but still he hasn't really shown his best form for England like when he's played. And I think yeah. that it's probably an easier decision to choose Sterling, who's Southgate definitely like trusts, etc. over um, players as well. To be yeah. And and then I, I and I also said how um Rashford just suits suits playing with Kane. I think like like you said, he's the most similar. He's the only runner. Sancho's not a runner. Kane's not a runner. You kind of need a runner in that front three. Front three. Yeah, just work hard. Yeah, I, think. yeah. Um, I don't know if any remember, but the, the game we, the game we played against Spain not a while. England played Spain a while ago, and Sterling yeah. played really well. Did Rashford play in that game as well? Or the free two. No, it was. It was. It was a one. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Two. I think it was Rashford Kane. Rashford Kane Sterling. If I remember. That, that, yeah. that, that was a. Re- that was one of the better performances I remember us putting in the past. I think it was just after the World Cup, maybe or just before, wasn't we, it? And we we played we, really well. And we played that game in the back four as well, didn't we? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, I think it, I think it might have been before because then he started playing back three or vice versa. He, he switched it up, but I think. Yeah. That would have been good, and then if obviously like Grealish probably in the t- ten role, and we sort of can interchange with them as well. And Kane, as we just said, so saying that at the World Cup he played with three in midfield or two creators in uh, Lingard and Deli Ali, and then he played Sterling off Kane. Yeah, yeah, put Sterling played up front, didn't they? Yeah, Sterling. Yeah, yeah. So, he was yeah. a great during that tournament. Wasn't he's he? um, Sterling. Yeah. He's he is a fantastic player. His finishing does leave a lot to be desired. They only showed yeah. that in the 2018 World Cup. But he did. Oh, it was almost yeah. like every game he'd miss oh. a sitter. Oh. He scores a lot of goals, to be fair to him as well, though. But they're more like he get, he's arriving late into the box or sort of he thing. He should have it? a lot more goals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He does score a lot, but he should score a lot more than he than he does. He's, he's like, he, gives, he needs three or four chances to score one sort of thing. Yeah. Right. Uh, how about we move on to uh, just uh, we went on a bit of a tangent after Man City yeah. Liverpool, but City. talk about uh, the Villa Arsenal game because I oh, no. I swear that, that that was a chance for you lot to get into seventh place, wasn't it? Or was, was it? Yeah. You could have climbed was, climbed up. It's a bit of an odd game. In the first half, we definitely weren't great. In the second half, we picked up, but it just wasn't. We just had no cutting edge to ourselves in the end, yeah. basically. Sorry, it was flat. annoying because yeah. Arsenal have been playing really well recently. Obviously, we were like seven games unbeaten after obviously playing really poorly. And obviously, then the Wolves game came around and you sort of think that you'd want the team to like respond to that. And, yeah, bounce back. You know, pull, pull, pull a result. Villa played really well. But I think I think the main thing is you can't concede in the first minute, two yeah. minutes of a game because it, although it gives you a lot of time to come back, then you sort of, Villa have got a tails up and they're, yeah, we're ahead. So and obviously, Villa are really good at, at sort of defending and then hitting on the break as well. So just just one of those an, an, an annoying result. But I think Villa. I mean, Villa. Villa. Are, I think they're one place above Arsenal. They're they're ninth. Yeah. Obviously, they've played really well this season. It's not like it's a, a really poor. Loss. Yeah, on, on paper, it seems like a poor loss just because of last season. But Villa have 
they're a change yeah. side this season. They're a di- difficult team. Difficult team to beat. Um, Matt Ryan had a good game. Think... That to be fair to him. Yeah, I what thought do you I was think well. about good What do you think about um, the news that Arsenal were allegedly getting a contract extension ready for Arteta? I'm. I feel like don't do anything like that until the end of the season. I reckon wait until see see how he ends the season before make anything like that. If they do it yeah. now, then it's a bit like really. How, how long is he under, under contract drastic. for at the moment? Yeah, he's on a, when, when does he's in? Pretty sure he's on a three-year contract already. So and what? Yeah. How long is he into that? A year and a, a year bit. and a half. Yeah, year and a half. Even not, if he extended that, it, it doesn't mean he's gonna. Even if he extend it, it doesn't mean he's gonna stay the whole time. I mean, like obviously. No, yeah. David Moyes at United didn't he have a really big contract? Oh no, it was Pardew. <laughs> Eight, Pardew, seven Pardew, years. Pardew, 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 I don't know. It yeah. just depends whether they. I mean, it seems to trust him enough because obviously they've given him. He, he was head coach, yeah, and then he went to like to manager, manage, isn't he? And he's he's got control over everything else. So the club are very much behind him. They generally believe he's going to take us someplace, which is fair I think, enough. I think the problem with giving Arteta a contract extension is it rewards him for not much. Uh, Arsenal haven't been good enough this year. No, I mean, that's clear, and I think it rewards him for that. And it's not a dangerous precedent to set because that makes it sound as though Arteta will see a new contract extension and think I'm doing fine. Yeah. And I, that's he Arteta's a good enough. He's got good enough football brain to know yeah. that isn't the case. But it just sets a bad precedent to players, fans, maybe other people within the club that they're rewarding someone with a new contract when he hasn't necessarily earned one and still yeah, has think, time on his old one to prove it. I think he's very um, self-aware of the situation he's in. I freaking if they get if we win the Europa League or get Champions League football somehow, then I can understand them doing it because then he technically is a reward. He's done something good. But if we don't do any of that, then there's no point in giving him it anytime soon. He has to earn it. Personally. I think if, yeah. he wins, if he wins the Europa League, I'm not gonna lie, I think, it'd be a miracle. I think it'd be a miracle if you if you if you win the Europa League. Yeah, there are a lot of good teams in the Europa League. Yeah, yeah, teams are much better. United now. included. What are the what are the uh, thoughts on uh, Odegaard's start to... Uh, he's played two you games? He, he played like 10 minutes against Man United, but when he came on, he yeah. definitely he definitely looked like the best creator on the team. He yeah, tell that's he, what I heard. a lot more experienced than Smith-Rowe. He instantly impacted the game, which is yeah. fair enough. Obviously, he was a bit unlucky not to get a goal at one point, but he definitely, he definitely is a good player. There's definitely a good player in him. I'm looking forward to see it. I'm looking forward to watching him, to be fair, because he, he was like the best creator in the La Liga last season. He's just got no, I don't know why, no no time for Madrid this season. It's yeah, a good, good opportunity for him. Isn't it? it probably yeah, was a good. poor decision for him to choose Real Madrid at such a young age, I feel like. But then yeah, if you were well, turn that down, are you? Yeah, yeah I know, but... Obviously, year old playing in Norway, then Real Madrid yeah. come calling. I don't. Well, Arsenal, Arsenal were interested in him, weren't they? I swear you were interested yeah. in him when he was 16. Guardiola wanted him at Bayern Munich as well when he was 16 or something, saying they hmm. turn him into the best football player in the world or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he definitely has got the talent to go places, but whether he makes use of it or not, I don't know. Right. That's a. Uh... Move on to not my favourite game of the week, uh, United versus Everton. You, you were putting that one off for quite a while, weren't you? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was I was in the middle of making a, uh, 
I, what was I doing? A player player um, ratings article. I had it all set up. The uh, intro. Uh, United win three uh, <laughs> two. Staying 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 close for, to Man City, and then uh, last seconds of the game. Uh, I had a tweet ready for that as well. Three two Man United win, and then <laughs> as I was about to tweet it, they scored. Absolutely mental. Yeah, I. It's just disappointing because we. It, it was a game where we absolutely like first half we were completely dominating the game. Greenwood was having his probably his best performance of the season in the first half, and they probably they had one opportunity in the first half which they should have scored right at the end. And you thought, okay, that that's the uh, that's going to be the, one of their one of their main chances. They messed it up. Seems like it's going to be our day. And then Dea decided to uh, slap the ball straight into uh, uh, who was it? Uh, Decore. Decore. Decore's uh, feet. And literally, as soon as that happened, it was just like a switch for like 10, 15 minutes. They were all Hammers, like period, scored yeah. just after, didn't they? Yeah, yeah Hammers, Hammers scored five minutes later. But then after that, it was back to normal and we pretty much dominated the possession for the rest of the game. Really good head by, head by McTominay. And yeah. it seemed... that I feel like we didn't... We really did not see the game out well enough. I think... The same happened in the FA Cup last night where it was the added extra time and it was like 115th minute and we were going for, we kept on going for counter-attacks with like six players, transitions with six, five, six players and then they transitioned back and they could have probably scored but the same happened in the Everton game where I'm pretty sure it must have been like the 91st minute and De Gea caught the ball and he tried to smack it out to Rashford for a transition and then I think they might have scored from the following following attack. I'm not sure, but we just really can't hold on to games in those last... Because there's a lot of games where teams do get a couple of half chances in the end when we're leading. And we'll either... Like that Eric Bailly block, I think it's it's always on Twitter. Uh, that was a, a game where we won by one goal and he made a big block in the last second, but he had to make the block. <laughs> it's like we can't. Yeah. see out a game in the last few minutes without giving away a half chance. De Gea's definitely got an issue with playing out the back, doesn't he? It's clear, he can't. He's not very good with his feet. Yeah, he's... That's the thing. De Gea, he's a big topic Just, at the moment with United because of Henderson sat on the bench. I feel like, as United fans, you can't complain about him because he's saved you on so many occasions. Exactly, yeah. But it, the, the thing about this season, I think, is... Uh, I see a lot of people criticise our centre, like criticise our centre backs for being too slow, like Maguire and uh, Lindelof. But having a goalkeeper as well, because I think when we played Liverpool a few weeks ago, I don't know, it must have been like t- at least twice or three times where Allison sh- saved Liverpool from sweeping yeah. Rashford's run, and we you literally never get that with uh, you. He does it if he needs to do it. Like he'll he'll never actively choose to help out the defense by sweeping, and I think that was all right when he was the best shot shot stopper in the world. Now he's not. It's kind of like you need to bring, he needs to bring more. Is that a De Gea problem, or is that a problem with the system that Ellis sets up? He just is it. It does he? I don't. I don't. Not into the United tactics, but 
is it, you know, is it a De Gea problem that could be improved by bringing Dean Henderson in? There's a lot of calls to do so. So I, I don't know whether... I, is Dean Henderson actually any better of, than De Gea at passing at the back? I think, that, I think people's perception of Henderson's playing at the back is uh, a bit skewed from that time where he absolutely lost the ball against Sheffield yeah. United. But I do think Dean Henderson's... He's more comfortable in possession... I think he likes to play out the back more than De Gea. I think when I actually watch him, he he looks like he wants to play the shorter passes. Whereas De Gea, I, I don't know, like when De Gea plays short, it looks like he's doing it because he he's been told to. But he doesn't seem like he'd rather just kick it long. Saying that Henderson playing in that Sheffield team, which is very defensive, probably helped him out a lot with his pass out of the back. Because yeah. a lot of times where they're sitting behind the ball waiting for it. Yeah, so Henderson's got a really long kick as well. But I think the main thing which Henderson helps us out with is aerially and uh, and coming out and sweeping. Because I think it was yes, uh, it was yesterday where there was a point where a pretty like dangerous high cross came in. For, uh, it was a sim. I think it might have been a similar kind of set piece to the one which we conceded against Everton. I'm not sure, but he came out and just collected it, and it was like. De Gea rarely does that. And it's a, it is an underrated aspect of a keeper because it just relieves all pressure of your defence if you just come out and collect it. I think modern goalkeepers are doing that a lot more nowadays, being more controlling of their box. Yeah. But I also don't think Henderson is... I, th- I don't think either of them are like the top top goalkeepers in the league. That De Gea has his moments still where he's pulled out amazing saves, but He's clearly in decline, and I'm not sure whether Henderson is going to be the top goalkeeper. But realistically, we might as well. I feel like we might as well try, like try him for some games because there's there's been too many mistakes from the head of the season. Like there's so many where you can like the Sheffield United literally when we lost a few weeks ago where he just he just passed it straight to them rather than either kicking it out or finding one of our men. And it was there. There has been a too many times, I'd say, this season where De Gea has been at fault and he's just not good enough in the aspect which he was top one in the world, which is shot stopping. When he was considered the top one in the world, that was under Van Gaal, wasn't it? That's when he was like his peak. Van Gaal and Mourinho's first season, first or second, when we finished yeah. second in the league. I was going to say, that's probably because he faced a lot of shots and <laughs> he wasn't much relying on him controlling the game as much. It was more... Yeah, that's... I think, I think that definitely is a point where you're used to... De Gea, De Gea's best games, obviously, came in games where he, he faces, like, eight shots. shots yeah. Like, against that... Against oh, Arsenal. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 20 or something. That was, that was but I think now when he, he's facing like what against Everton he faced three shots on his goal and he conceded all three of them like he's he's not getting tested as much where he might be, might switch off I'm not sure but like that could affect it I reckon he's probably more beneficial to you um, when it's games oh, where you're going to be uh... oh <laughs> sorry he's probably uh, more beneficial to you when you're on the back foot yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. Uh, should we move on to uh, move, checking out the games on the weekend? Uh, the yeah, big right. one is probably uh, Man City Spurs. I'd say the, probably the biggest game there. Hopefully Spurs can take some points off of City, but it seems unlikely. 
Uh, do, we, do we all think that City are going to be champions then? Do you think that... Yes. I mean, yeah. What, you've got seven, seven points ahead with a game in hand or something? Or is it... Uh, five ahead yeah, five yeah. United with a game in hand. Eight yeah. ahead of... Less, no, seven ahead of Leicester. Ten ahead of Liverpool. Ten ahead of Liverpool, yeah. Because Klopp, Klopp said, we're not ten points ahead to the interviewer. He was like, yes, you are. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Klopp's losing it a bit. I, I weirdly, it'll sound like I'm defending. I am defending him. I'd make any points about it, but um, I don't think he's losing it. And it's, it sounds weird saying it's the unpopular opinion. I think it was, he's a man under pressure, but I don't think he's under pressure for his job. His job is as safe as long as he wants it. I mean, yeah, I do think he knows that. I think the owners as much criticism as they get and obviously justified know how important he is to the club how he brought us back and how important he is to the fans I think he's under a lot of pressure bringing it back to the owners with owners that won't do a lot for him I think it was more evident than ever in this transfer window we knew going into it we needed a centre-back we knew we were one injury away from desperately needing a centre-back Matip's injury prone Fabinho's great but he's had muscle injuries from being overplayed before for us. So, I mean, it was always likely that something would happen. We're lucky in the end it happened in January, but going in, we knew we needed a centre-back and there was names mentioned, right, realistic and unrealistic, like and Campo. It was never going to happen. It's great to be mentioned with him, but people like Quebec, it's never, we've never been too far away from those sorts of centre-backs. The centre-backs that Klopp likes can demand the play. Well, that was, I think that would have been worst case, really. But, um, and I think he's feeling the pressure that we're, ha- we're having a poor season, we're having a poor run, and he's not as backed as he should be. And I think it's justified. I think a problem with your team right now is it's going a bit stale. You're using basically the same 11 you've done for the last two, three years. I, I think like it just needs something different. It's, 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 it's necessary. I think it would be different given a full squad, but it's not yeah. something we have. We've suffered with injuries. Yeah. Yeah, but you I mean, went like the last two seasons, basically clean slate near enough for the past one. Not, yeah, not, not yeah. necessarily included the two seasons before. I do, you barely I do had think, any. I do think, um, and we saw it at times last season, we were getting figured out. Yeah. And I think it's been more so this season. It's gone back to that time when we were unable to break teams down. And it's something we didn't so much struggle with last year. We struggled the year that City beat us by one point with just too many silly draws because that league should have been ours, I think. Um, just too many silly draws. You're definitely better in that season <laughs> than you was last season. Well, we, did, we had too many silly draws. We only lost once. It was to see. Yeah. yeah. That was the tiny little what? clearance from John Stones, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. The, yeah. I mean, so I think City, City went on like a 15 game uh, run of just wins yeah. at the end of that 14, season as well, didn't it? 14 games towards the end we had to win and we did. So, yeah. Mental. Yeah. So. Mm. I, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, we're a bit stale, but I don't know how we can solve that until we've got people like Fabinho back in midfield, Henderson back in midfield 100% of the time. Yeah, but I think even if you have all your fit squad together, you're still not better than Man City at this point. Down uh, to no, the fact that it's either. a bit stale. I, I just, feel like well, if you I get one or two players in different positions to... Like people like Diogo, yeah. Diogo Jota was crucial. Jota, yeah. Crucial yeah, he keeping, was different. He was quality and he kept the front three on their toes. Because yeah. there's been no good competition for that front three for years. So now as soon as they've started to think, almost they've got comfortable, 
and they've dropped off. Josh has come in to keep them there or place them, which is that's fine. And Tiago as well, as soon as he finds his feet, I saw a stat earlier. He isn't hasn't actually been all that bad if you look at his like in game statistics. Individ- he's been fantastic yeah. individually, and because he's not a big moment player, he doesn't. He, yeah. he, he's really good at the things you wouldn't notice unless you're looking for. What I'm yeah, what like, I'm worried is he's another Naby Keita though. So if he goes yeah, down that route, he's not a player that you look for goals and assists. He gets the assist before the assist sort of person, isn't he? Yeah. Well and I do think he will be nothing but quality for us. Maybe not this season. But Thiago. Yeah. Was that our was that our city Tottenham preview then? <laughs> oh yeah. Love it. Back to it. City Tottenham. Yeah. Let's go, let's go, so, back, let's go back to it. Well, I I'm not very confident. I, I well, I'm more confident now that Kane's fit that Spurs might be able to get something. Is it where is it? Uh, 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 at Man City. Yeah, Man City. I, st- I do still think that any uh, Mourinho loves these games, doesn't he? And it, it, he'll, he will make he, he will make it difficult for City. But so I, yeah, it can go over two ways. I reckon Man City will completely blitz them, or Spurs will nick one of the goals. Yeah, will nick a goal and yeah. pull back. I still don't think I still don't think City can um that uh, Spurs can hold City out. I, that's it just. I determined Mourinho would stick everyone behind the ball. So I yeah. yeah. That was at the start of the season, but... Go on, John, go on. No, you go. I was just going to say, Spurs at the start, obviously they had a really good start to the season and they were sort of like, everyone was saying they might win the title, but that's because they were scoring one or two goals, scoring like minimal goals, but then defending well, but they're not even defending well now. So like then, I mean, they'd have to score yeah. more goals than the other, other team, and, and they, they've only got two goal scorers in that team. So yeah, they've got poor expected and goals. And it's City, not like they, they, anywhere. So they, the thing is, they were. I'm pretty sure Son at the start of the season he was outperforming his expected goals by just ridiculous amount. I, I don't know the figures, but yeah. And obviously, he's a great. He's a yeah. He's a great finisher, but he was always going to drop off. And I there was a game a few weeks ago where he had like. What? How many? Uh, loads of chances couldn't score. It's like, yeah, yeah. he's not going to keep it up for the entire year. Spurs is like uh, expected goals isn't sustainable for the season because of the fact they are heavily reliant on the fact they catch their team on the break, and that is literally it. they don't they don't work with high amount of chances. So, I think that's kind of, that's all right. Silver two leg two legged game, yeah. or even in a one legged like a final or something, but. You're gonna show it or keep that up like you've just explained for 38 games. That is, it's not gonna last. No. If you you cannot defend that well for 30 and play like that for 38 games. The Mourinho system, all the players got to buy into it. If they don't buy into it, then it's just not gonna work. You saw that at United, it kind of fell to pieces. None of the United players probably didn't want to sit back and defend all the time. And it's kind of shown a bit now. You've seen like you've seen the videos of Deli Ali complaining <laughs> about it. So it's just yeah, yeah. You need to buy into a system for it to work, otherwise it won't. All right. Uh, I thought we could move on talking about Chelsea. They've got a Newcastle on the weekend, if I'm not That's a wrong. Monday game. Monday night football. Oh, Monday, is it? Uh, yeah, so I haven't watched much Chelsea. I watched their game, their first game. Was it against Sorry. Wolves, their first game? They're uh, so yeah, boring to watch. Never, and Yeah, I, I, I haven't really watched their game since, but... 
Uh, it seems that they've they haven't lost under Tuchel yet, but uh, I've seen Chelsea fans yeah. say that there's been improvement. Uh, they definitely. Yeah. I've watched a few of their games. They definitely improved, but it's their their case is more of pass it until they score. They don't let people get the ball. I think when they're playing at something like Man City, where they play a similar style of football, but Chelsea play like a very slow version of Man City's football. That's what it appears I, to be like. I think it's good. It, the way they're going to play is because it, it's Tuchel's. Uh, well, there was some positional play like that. All, all players uh, similar to Man City, I think, but. Um, it's one of those ones where it's going to take it's going to take a while for them to bed into it, especially play, yeah. going from playing under Lampard to playing this. I think, I think it's going to take a while. To, he's trying to deploy like a safe system at the moment to get him through to the end of the season. Yeah, I yeah. I don't think a three at the back's a long term, long term uh, thing. He's not, playing with sure. a, he's not playing with a natural defence midfielder either. He's playing with two ball progressors in Jorginho and Kovacic. And what, that, that surprised me because he, he he's uh, bigging up Kante a lot in uh, his interviews yeah. I've seen, but he hasn't been starting them probably because just of the like system he's playing at the moment. I'm guessing. I but, think, yeah, Kante works best next to someone else who can pass it. He gets the ball, gives it to them, and it goes. Newcastle. Chelsea are at home as well, so shouldn't have a problem against them. They have. No. Because obviously that's where I'm from, and a lot of my mates support them. So I watch them whenever they're on TV, and they've, they've just been overperforming the results a lot. I think the way Everton they were good, but I think it, it's against Southampton. Yeah, they defended well with nine men, but when you got nine men behind the ball, yeah, is it really, yeah. is it really as good as it looks? Do you know? No, yeah, I think as well. Last season, they played. They had an all right finish last season, I'm swear, and they went through some good forms, but. Whenever I spoke to Newcastle, or whenever I spoke to a Newcastle fan, or seen on Twitter, like it, it seemed that they were the, the results weren't matching their performances a lot. I, I didn't watch them a lot, but that's what I heard. If you and, watch them, it's like they set up ready for like loads and loads of shots. That's what they set up for. They allow the keeper to get shots at them. So, so boring to watch. So yeah. boring. And they've got right. a few attacking players as well, like Almiron, Wilson, Tay Max. They're all good players. Saint Maximum's a bloody. Very good he did really well against Southampton. He did, I feel like. Yeah. The system, the really just. Oh man, it's so long. Yeah. So United are playing uh, West Brom on the weekend. Uh, so uh, it's not not a great game to come back to. I don't think uh, they uh, yeah. they made it. I I feel like I the last time we played them, we won by the penalty, didn't we? I feel, I feel like, like it's gonna be a similar game to that Spurs game they played the other week, where it's just gonna be. You constantly at them until they make a mistake and go. For, you go through and score. I seen. I seen something. Uh, United Arena on Twitter where we he, he had the statistics of us against. We, we're decent against just a deeper block, but when a team goes very like when a team is basically just defending their own box, yeah. their own half for most of the game. We, I'm pretty sure we've only won like one out of like four or five games where we've played against like those teams which just sit back. And yeah, yeah. this seems like it could be one of those games. I don't I know too be, much about what's from. It'll but be one of those ones where you're gone. just constantly at them and at them and at them, just constantly at them. I think they, they might get a go on the counter attack, but it's probably unlikely. But it's just going to be constant attack from you, I reckon. It could be a one nil or a nil nil, but it's just a matter of whether or not they can hold up their defence, I think. It's I'm just the sh- go on. I'm saying I just I can't see West Brom holding off. I mean, like going forward, they're just too good to not score against West Brom. 
Yeah, I I just think I think Pogba get um, Pogba getting injured is a big one for the games like this because we look to Fernandez all the time for our creativity, and it's nice in games like this to be able to put Pogba in the pivot with no worry about any. Even though his defensive abilities this season have been really good, uh, you don't have to worry about him getting caught out from going too far forward because you've it's not much uh, of a threat. And he can be just as much of an offensive threat as uh, Fernandez. But now, you probably, Van der Beek didn't play that well yesterday. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. I feel like you'll probably end up playing with Van der Beek, will come on eventually towards that game with Fernandez with him. I if you're it's... still haven't scored yet, he'll probably come did on. Anyone, did anyone see Van der Beek's face when he got brought yeah. off yesterday? That was <laughs> yeah. So bad for him. He, he... He's far too like, good to sit on your bench. Yeah. Everyone's comparing him to Fernandez, and it's it's yeah, it's right. just it's like apples and oranges. Like they they play the same position, but they play it completely different, completely differently. It was similar, was it last season when Dan James was trying to de- not Dan James, uh, Ollie was trying to deploy Dan James in the same position as uh, Greenwood. Like they're both wingers, well, play they both play right wing, but they're different types of wingers. Yeah, like, yeah. I think your system is heavily revolved around the way Bruno plays, and then you kind of just put someone else. It's like a, it's like a it's, square. Into, yeah, you get what I mean. Circle. Yeah, Square's definitely. Post. Yeah, that's the one. I just, it definitely I is. You've really got a question. The decision behind spending what was it thirty, 30 million. million on 40. Van der Beek, knowing he would, as you said, he's the same position as Bruno Fernandez, but he plays it completely differently. And you have to yeah. question. Yeah, that's why the thing. Spend the money on him, knowing how important Bruno is to you. Could arguably never be a bit of That's the thing. He's it, he, he when you play with Bruno and he's so integral to how you play. It's quite hard to get used to for the other players to get used to a different number ten when he comes in, and especially one which plays such a different style. When you're watching him, he constantly makes the runs in behind, but it looks like no one's looking for him. I think no Fred interested. must have Fred must have missed him about at least four times, and then when he did look for one of his runs, he uh, didn't play the pass. And that's one thing. Before the game yesterday, I um I thought Matic and Fred was a good pivot for Van der Beek because they're usually good at playing those balls, but neither neither of them really had a good game yesterday, and that meant that he didn't have a good game either, really. Uh, yeah, so. Uh, I was going to say... Sorry? I was going to say Leicester-Liverpool's on on the weekend as well. That'll be a good game. I'm that will be a good that. game. Yeah, I'm worried I'm worried about I'm really worried about that. Le- Leicester at home. You're away as well. Liverpool are away. Vardy was on the bench the other day and he's, he's back now, isn't he? So I, I mean, I've, I think Vardy... Well, I mean, could be right. He might take a bit of time to get back into his stride. I just think the way Leicester... I think the way Leicester are playing, obviously they're playing fantastic, a fantastic team. I think the way we're playing, I I worry we'll be able to keep up with them. I feel like if you, you play new centre, yeah, go on. I was just saying, do you think your one of your new centre halves will play? Like, do you think Kabak will play? Because otherwise, think, you're going to be in the yeah. same situation again with Henderson and Fabinho at the back. So I just I can see. I think for the City game, we left Davis out squad completely, which is bizarre unless there was something wrong. So obviously he's injured or whatever, leave him out. If he wasn't, it was bizarre. And Kabak, 
he was he shouldn't play against. It was good he didn't play against City. It'd be a horrible first game to come into. Yeah. Leicester's not much better, but he's had time to integrate. He's been with a squad over a week now, so he should be able to slot in. And it'll be partnering with Fabinho, but that will allow Henderson to go back into the midfield. And Henderson is so, so crucial to our midfield. It's like, in the same way Firmino is to our attack, Henderson is to our midfield. They're crucial and you don't realise it. And then when you take one of them out, you start to see it. Henderson makes us tick and he really commands the midfield. And I think that'll be important against Leicester. Any, uh, pre- what's your prediction for it, Cal? I'd love to be confident. <laughs> and, I, and I'm usually pretty confident about Liverpool. I wouldn't be shocked with a 2-1 either way. I think it'll be a, it'll be a close game. I don't think... I think whoever wins, if there is a winner, it's not a draw, we'll have to work for it and it'll be a close game. I think on paper, we should win. On form, you'd have to think Leicester are the favourites. And I wouldn't disagree with it. So either way, 2-1, it'll be close. I think that's... If you play two CDMs again at centre-back with Jordan Henderson playing, then you could see more than two goals, I reckon. I don't, think that, I don't think either of them are bad defensively, Fabinho yeah. or Henderson. I think I just, Fabinho especially, I think it's one of the candidates for being one of the best centre-halves in the league this year. Yeah. Along with, uh, obviously, Diaz, John Stones, as of late. Fabinho has been up there with one of the best, and I think that proves his versatility. So I don't think playing them in defence is a weakness. It's just not... It's not having them in midfield. That's, yeah. that, I think that's the main thing. Where... They're not that bad. Like uh, Fabinho is definitely more uh, accustomed to playing centre back than Henderson. But they're you just both you'd rather them both in midfield. It's the same with when Fernandinho was playing uh, centre back for City. I think he wasn't exactly he wasn't a bad centre back, but you you'd rather him in playing the midfield. You miss you miss them in the middle, especially obviously last season with how crucial Henderson and Fabinho were, and obviously the season two seasons before when Fernandinho was in midfield. Mm. And then when you take them out, you realise, yeah, how important. It's like you don't know what you're missing until it gets taken away. Yeah. yeah. Jack and I are obviously quite into watching Leicester and following them. Yeah. Anything, I mean, Madison, Madison's, like. Madison's been playing really well. He's been definitely, like, obviously Vardy, Vardy had to have, have his um, hernia operation. So he's been out for a good, a good few weeks. But Madison's been playing really well. Uh, I think Tielemans is like crucial to that team as well. He sort of plays a bit deeper than I thought people thought he would. Like I think he sort of plays as a as a sitting midfielder, but then obviously he's quite instrumental going forward. Um, so obviously if he if he plays well, then it will be a, a good midfield battle. Hopefully if Fabinho Henderson's back in there, and then who else? J- James Justin as well has been playing good. But like considering he's a right back playing at left back and also the fact that he's he was from Luton um, who obviously let League 1 or League 2 whatever they were when they when they sold him so he, he, he's been playing well and he, he likes to he likes to get on the attack as well so I think that's quite important and their full backs Castagna as well um, Harvey and Barnes. Pere- Pereira's back and yeah Harvey Barnes has been play- he's played his best season this season so he um, he works well up front with Vardy I think both, both really quick so obviously that's a bonus bonus isn't it so yeah, it'll be, it'll be a good game. It'll be a good game. Yeah, it should be, it should be a good game. 
I think James right. Justin's an outside shot of the England squad. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, maybe he's a left back. Yeah. I mean, Same with Craig Dawson, I reckon, as well. It's tight. It's yeah. tight for positions everywhere in the England squad, I think. I think Craig Dawson should get a massive shout to go in that England squad. I can't lie. <laughs> Really? He's been, incre- I mean, I... he's been incredible for West Ham. You can't even yeah, deny he, it. He get fouled right. out there, I think, for England. <laughs> there, is a, there is a spot open. With if Gomez you put in Tyrone Mings in the England squad, you, yeah. <laughs> Dawson's got a shout. Well, he definitely, but he neither of them, neither of them should get in there. He definitely gets in over Eric Dyer. I don't care. 100%. Yeah. Not, not well, Eric Dawson gets in over Dyer, 100%. No, I mean, Southgate will get Dyer in, though. Yeah, interesting. We could wrap it up there then, maybe. Uh, yeah. Thank you for listening. If uh, you have, I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we'll try to bring another podcast soon. Uh, cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers, thank you. <laughs>